another episode of two men no hope um the show where we're never prepared but we always turn up on time well i turn up on time jamie is a uh, seven minutes late plus whatever else <laughs> are we not just accepting that seven minutes late is now on time <laughs> late is late i'm sorry but late is late I, as far as i'm concerned if we do it as regards to a restaurant yeah if you're within that 15 minute window you're on time no, nah, I always turn up early. I get really funny about not being there on, on time and things. Yeah, fuck that. Unless, you, unless you, I'm actually working, I'm not turning up on time. I hate it when people don't turn up on to time. To be fair, Dan, every time we've had a guest on, I've turned up on time. There was one time you didn't. Well, Jim isn't really a guest, as he's a mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd gaslight you there quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember who it was. Uh, I was like, I was like, when did he turn up late? Um, when we had the female guests on, I was sat there talking to him on my Todd for a little while. No, he wasn't. I thought I was. No. Oh, okay, never mind. We then. had a ten-minute conversation before they came on. Oh, I don't remember. We talk a lot, Jamie. <laughs> All blend into one, one moment of talking. Um. Yeah, uh, how have you how have you been? How's your week been? Much better. I'm finally getting rid of this fucking cough after two and a half weeks. So it's uh, life is coming back to normal. I feel a lot better. Um, I've worked only a couple of de- how my shifts fell and how the time off with Birmingham and uh, all that worked out. I've only worked two days this week, so it's been a nice little chilled one. <laughs> Such a prick. <laughs> and then every fucking wanker's getting like bank holidays off. They got the sausage fingers coronation getting it off. I ain't get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, today because uh, Charlotte's mum's out in the villa. She wants oh, in yeah. Portugal. She wants to watch the coronation out there with her friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've had to set up a fire stick with a VPN on it because I have a VPN account with NordVPN if they want to sponsor us, we're always here. Um, <laughs> uh, you didn't offer me your, your password and that for your NordVPN. <laughs> if you want it, I'll give you it. Um, yeah, so I, I set it up and I literally made pictures with arrows yeah, saying this is how you get to activate it <laughs> this is how you get to bbc iplayer because obviously portugal uh the bbc won't broadcast in portugal so we're essentially tricking the fire stick into thinking it's in the uk um so i got all up and running but there was no sound yeah <laughs> and then they're calling in charlotte while charlotte's driving to a site at work who's then calling me to then find out what the problem is and i'm just <laughs> I'm like, try doing this with the, the... the HDMI port. Try the, changing the settings on the actual uh, Fire Stick. Got it going in the end, but it was like a, a chain link of event of like fucking phone calls to try and get the VPN sorted. 
Fucking mental. Fucking hell. Just to watch that fucking guy. That's what I said. Well, I'll be at a wedding, so I'm not interested in the fucking coronation whatsoever. What, um, I saw a thing the other day that said that people are, uh, are free. What was it? People are free to shout their allegiance in the street to the king. And everyone's like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> I saw on the news yesterday when I was around my mum's house that there is people camping outside already. Why? And that was yesterday. The coronation's on Saturday. We're now recording this on a Wednesday. I don't understand. But I don't understand why. The same with like the shouting out your allegiance, but why? I don't get it's it. People are fucking odd. Like, do you think that me shouting "Hail the King" or whatever in like the shit end of nowhere in in Scotland, and he's going to be like, heard that? He thinks it's like the NHS when you went at your door and started banging. Well, at least that was like supporting people that could possibly live near you. <laughs> we're all gonna do it simultaneously so it makes one massive echo that you can hear into the big hall yeah it'd be like do you know when the big planets on uh rick and morty start talking and they're like bellowing you seen that yeah that's what that's what that's what he's gonna hear from fucking buckingham palace all of us saying it at once fucking mental (laughs) i um I saw uh, the Evil Dead movie twice mm. at the cinema. It is worth watching twice. It's really good, actually. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite good because it's like a different book from the original ones. Because I didn't, I didn't realise, but there's three different books. No, I didn't know until I watched the film. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was quite nice to have it. It was the same sort of gist, wasn't it? But it was quite nice to have a different... I just love the over the top gore, man. There's just no need for it at all, yeah. and they just they think no. <laughs> do you know there's a set? We won't do any spoilers or anything. Well, there's not much to spoil. It just goes into fucking sheer mayhem from the beginning, yeah. But um, yeah, there's a scene where the brother walks back in, and the sisters up on the countertop, crouched down, looking at the back at the back of the kitchen. Yeah, and if I, I said to. Uh, the guy that I go cinema with, if I walked in and Charlotte was doing that, yeah, I would fucking close the door and just let the other one kill me <laughs> because like, she's she's halfway through going mental. <laughs> he ends up setting her alight and she's in a fucking window. state for the rest of the film. I couldn't even... <laughs> <laughs> I love the, um, the mum that becomes the original. She attacks the neighbour, sucks out his eyeball. Oh, yeah. And then spits it into oh, the, his brother right. from across the hallway and he chokes on it. <laughs> <laughs> I always think those films must be the best things to write because you're just like laughing. Chaos, Trying yeah. to figure it out. I can't believe they left it so long between um, films because that was a... I'm glad they did in a way because obviously if you had six of them by now you'd be pretty bored of them. But... They, the other one was like 2019 or even earlier. Could have been 2018 or oh, something. Oh, the remake? Yeah. That was really good as that well. That was really good. And then they left it like five or six years and then just made this one. And this, I thought this one's either going to be terrible or it's going to be good. And it's the woman from Vikings is the mum. And she's a fucking big mm-hmm. woman. And she's scary. When as soon as she turns, she's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. She was fucking well good. I am... Um... It's going to be a random, like, 
things in the news episode because I've done fuck all. Um, <laughs> I was reading up on the thing. Do you know Ed Sheeran's getting sued? Is it over song lyrics? Uh, yeah. The so I feel so it's Marvin Gaye again. Oh, I didn't. Know I that. feel that the um, the family that own the rights now. That's how they're surviving because they sued. Um, oh, what's his face? The, the you know that song "Blurred Lines." Recognize the name, yeah. One second, this is, I pulled it up and I haven't got the. Uh... Ed Sheeran's been sued a few times, but I think there's just similarities in songwriting. Robin Thicke. All oh, right. He was sued by the same fucking people. Now his did sound like the Marvin Gaye song, so I give him that. And that's probably why he fucking disappeared. But Ed Sheeran's one doesn't. And um, he said that he will quit music if he loses this copyright claim. And I'm like, I don't fucking blame him. Because he's like, he spends all that time producing music and like touring and trying to make everyone happy and, you know, give them a good time and stuff like that. And then these people just want to take the fucking money away from you. And when you're watching him do a live show, yeah, he uses the... them them button things on the floor to like mm. create a bit so he creates the entire beat as he's doing it like he works really hard at doing every song so yeah and he's been good since he fucking come out there's no he hasn't really had any real shitty albums has he so i think marvin it just makes you laugh because they um they show a bit of his live thing because they're like oh this song sounds like this song mm. and you proved it at one of your gigs and he didn't because they showed it. It didn't sound anything like anyway. But he was like, every song has a chord or something from another song. And he's like, I mix songs, like you say, on the stage in front of everyone. Mm. And he was like, and so in, in court, he took the guitar out and he started showing them. And he's like, you just changed this chord and it sounds like another song. Yeah, because a lot of the melodies would be very similar. Do. do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't what one person uses a chord and you can never use it again. No, that's so true. But they they want a hundred million million pounds or dollars or whatever. But um, uh, that's what they do. They're they're, they're it's three people because they they just use the same stock image from Robin Thicke's fucking <laughs> <laughs> in this video, and they just yeah anyone they like they must have someone like a lawyer that they pay just to sit and listen to music and go. Let us know when you find another song that sounds like Marvin Gaye, mm. even like slightly, and we'll fucking sue him for money. Mate, it is ridiculous. You know what it I mean? is ridiculous. I think in the world of music now as well, longer than my, I might get a lot of hate for this, but Ed Sheeran has surpassed Marvin Gaye as a as an artist, and I think all they're doing is just clinging on to the memory of a bloke that ain't been around for a long time. Do you know what I mean? That's all they're doing. If he was here, he'd probably roll, he'd be probably upset with what they're doing. Yeah, I would think the same. Like, he was a musician, a really good one. Mm. He would respect and like, the good artists. Yeah, yeah. In, in, unless, obviously, they, it's fucking obvious. Oh. Like, he's basically taking his fucking song and going, here you go. But, like, a bit of a tune or, like, a chord or, like, not even something you would even notice. Fuck off. So I'm technically still not drinking, but this can has been sitting here, like, staring at me. So I've got to get rid of it. Is it cold? 
Yeah, my house is freezing. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was gonna have a, f- a few drinks today because you uh, <coughs> had a stressful day yesterday. Yeah, I thought about it, but I've got to go to. The, I've got to set up a doctor's appointment because my heartburn's getting really bad. Oh really? And I don't know whether they're just gonna give me uh, tablets or. Um, I was, so I, I always thought I had like a stomach ulcer because I'm just that sort of inclined. My body hates me, so it just decides now and then to bring something up that fucks up my life. And um, I was listening to Macaulay Culkin and um, Joe Rogan. And he has two stomach ulcers. He said he he was filming a movie in Thailand and he picked up a worm. And the antibiotics that they gave him were so strong that it like ruined his sort of stomach. Oh, right. So he, he was feeling uncomfortable and he had like the camera and that. And they were like, yeah, you got two stomach uh, ulcers. And now he's got to like change the way he eats and things like that. Otherwise it flares up. Strange. Very strange. If you if you end up with a stomach ulcer as well, that's like another thing on the list. When we walk into like restaurants and stuff, we'll just have to unravel like a scroll. And just be like, this is what Dan's <laughs> situation is. <laughs> if you could just get him some bread with some uh, non-dairy butter, um, make sure it's gluten-free and we'll be all right. <laughs> I tell you, man, Asian food is the best food. To uh, like, I'd eat that any day of the week because it's less hassle. Mm. Maybe every time we meet up now, we we'll just go to Chinatown in every city. Oh, mate, that'd be fucking banging. Yeah, I've never been to Chinatown in London, but Chinatown in Birmingham was fucking quality. I would say it's similar vibes. Similar vibes. All the food looks good. Yeah, I bet it does. I love a good Asian market. But, um, yes. So, from the podcast. (coughs) A small announcement from the weekend after talking to the famous Uncle Joe. Oh, yeah. Um, I've talked to him and he said he's willing to come on and do an episode with us. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just about sorting out a time in the day for us to do it. That's pretty sweet. I think everyone would really enjoy that. Yeah. Did he say he would have a couple of drinks while he was on? I said to him to have a couple, but I said not too many. Not too many. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, we are in uh, talks with the ladies from a previous episode about going on their show. Mm. So uh, once we end up doing that, we'll let you know as well. So... This weekend, uh, I'm going to a beer festival in Perth with Sabina. And um, last week, the new Star Wars game came out. Yeah. So Sabina was at home and she was like, oh, I won't come over. And I was like, no, you can come over. It's fine. And then I went and picked her up and I was like, just to let you know, I will be playing Star Wars because next weekend I won't be able to play it. And she was like, okay. So then I put it on. <laughs> and like hours later, she'd been in the kitchen. She'd made like a lemon cake, cooked me an entire dinner. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, turned it off and I was like, oh, dinner's ready. I was like, sweet. You're living like a king at the minute. But Dan, now, just wait until the honeymoon period. But so now, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. But now I, I owe her dinner because she allowed me to sit there and, and play my game while she made dinner. I was oh. like, Fair, that's fine. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's a good little exchange though even 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't do it very often. Mm. You know what I mean? But then, because of my ADHD, if I don't play it quick enough or enough, then I'll just completely go off it and it'll never get finished. Like, Harry Potter is now half finished. And God of War I didn't finish. Yeah, I was a bit like, with Harry Potter, I... Because I felt like I missed the boat on it, because I didn't get it straight away, I was like, I'm not bothering. It was really good. Mm. I will go back to it at some point, but the podcast is, you know, the main thing at the minute, and everything goes around that. But I managed to get squeezed a little bit in yesterday. Because <laughs> 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 they're doing... Um, there was a Star Wars event the other day, and they're bringing back Ray from Star Wars. They're going to give her another few movies. Okay. They're going to make it so she's basically doing what Luke did and try to find Jedi to redo the Jedi Order. Uh, that might be quite good. Yeah, the three books for Luke when he did that after the four, five, and six. Mm. Those books were my favorite. They're really good. And then that's obviously where you originally find out about um, Leia and Han's children. Because in the book, they have twins. To follow, so, to like, follow the first the, uh, two... To follow the original twins. Well, I, I I sat there, like, for the first two of the new movies, and I was like, it's, it's her brother. They were like, no, it's not. I was like, it's a, it's her fucking brother. But then, obviously, because they had so many shitty directors and that, and the stories kept getting changed, it never... Obviously, it turned out it, it wasn't. Mm. But, um, yeah, in the original one, they were twins. The books are so much better. This is what gets me, right? When they do a film of a book or an anime or anything like that, just copy the fucking thing scene for scene. Sometimes it goes too far, though. Like There's been a few... Um, like fantasy type films or sh- or TV shows where they're stuck so closely to it that it's stupid. Like, do you know, have you ever watched um, Marvel's Inhumans, the TV show? They did one series of it. No. They stuck so close to the comic book that it was just silly. Do you know what I mean? Like, that it just became a si- like a bit silly. And it was just like... <laughs> You stuck so close to it, where some of the other Marvel stuff is nothing, comp- nothing like what actually happens in the comic book. <laughs> I was no, like, can they not just meet in the middle? I mean, Do you know what I mean? The same with like the Ghost in the Shell movie mm. was com- like that was complete and utter random bullshit. When they should have just copied the fucking yeah. With that, I think they should have just oh. called that something else and just released it as that yeah. <laughs> something else. <laughs> but you know what I mean like they're like oh we want to make it our own and stuff like that and it's like yeah but the reason it's so massive is because everyone loves it the way it mm. is so just fucking do it the way it is like the same with like The Witcher they're like the writers and that don't even like the script that's why Henry Cavill was constantly fucking nipping at him and he finally gave up because they were like oh we want to change this and he's like no the the fans won't like it that way when they were, he was right but fans are fickle as well because they released a picture of um, what's his face who's taken over. What's his name? Oh, uh, Hemsworth. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, he looks really good. He looks really good." And I'm like, "Oh, there you go. There's that gone." To be honest, I did, like. <clears throat> there's a lot of things like that in TV shows and stuff where 
people, especially Star Wars, and I found it with a Halo show as well, that people were so far into the actual fan fiction and the books and stuff that they forget that, like, I thought the TV, the Halo TV show was good, but all these oh, real Halo fans are, like, over the top <laughs> about it, and I was just like, breath. It's good what yeah, it's no, good it was. It was the even the story was wrong. It wasn't it wasn't right at all. Yeah, but that's what I mean. This, this is where we disagree, Dan. This is where we disagree. Because I'm not that far into it, as an outside person looking at it, I thought that was a good show. But if I was like really into the actual books or whatever there was that come out about it or the games, then I would have a different opinion on it. Yeah, but they obviously make it because of the fans and then obviously fuck them over. Yeah, but they, I think they, anyway, they generalise it so it doesn't just become a fan fiction thing. Well, they're knobheads. I hate writers. <laughs> the, um, oh, speaking of writers. So the guy... Sorry, I'm moving around my mic, that noise. Um, so the guy I give a lift to in the morning, he was telling me about... So a load of... Um, how would I start? A load of kids went around... No, that's not right. I'll just start with the room. So this kid was left on his hi- on his own for the weekend because his mum and dad went to a long weekend in France. Right. The kid's 13. So he shouldn't be left so, by himself. No, exactly. So they leave him, they go out and they buy him a load of food for the weekend. Apparently £200 worth. They stock up his house and then they fuck off to France leaving this kid on his own. So the older kids from the school find out and they're like, oh, this kid's got a free house and he's obviously 13. So they go around and push themselves into this guy, this guy's house mm. and get smashed in his house. On the Friday, the first night the, the parents have gone away, all the kids fucking just tank the kid's food. So he's got nothing left. So like the kid's in his house fucking starving. And... um. So the so the village have started like taking him in each night to feed him, and uh, the, on the Saturday, the I can't remember who it was took him in, and they messaged the dad and was like, "Oh, you know, just to let you know that he's in our house and he's got no food because some kids went in there and ate it all." And the dad was like, "Oh no, he's quite happy on his own. We're on a little weekend, so we'll see you Monday." <laughs> That's fucking mental. That's parroting one and then, one, isn't it? Yeah, and then he went back home that night because obviously it's his house and um, a couple of the kids came back and getting drunk again in this kid's house and he can't get them to leave so um, at like midnight he's just wandering around the streets because he can't get them out of his house so he just had to leave the house where the fuck are the police? So then someone t- I don't know, I would have phoned the police but and then um, so he ended up at the guy I give a lift to in the morning ended up at his house the other night. They're feeding him. And um, the mum gave him a video call. And instead of going, are oh, you all right or what happened or anything, she starts having a go at him saying, where's the £200 worth of food gone? So they, they think he's been kid. partying when he's actually just been bullied essentially into kids. It's absolutely kids fucking mental. Uh, but like the kid's like proper <clears> distraught. <throat> And they're like, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Like all this sort of stuff. And apparently, his older sister lives up the road, 
and his older brother was supposed to be in the house with him, but he's not. He hasn't come home. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so great. It's if like, I was a teenager. I would come home. <laughs> and, and then the parents have gotten stuck in France for two extra days because their flight got cancelled. <laughs> the problem is that I think at thirteen it is legal for him to be left, so the the police can't do anything on that side of things. But it's it's he's, I think thirteen is too young. I think fifteen I got left overnight, and that was okay. But when I was like eighteen, I was still untrustworthy. I was having house parties as soon as mum and dad left. I was having people around the fucking house. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I think I was sixteen or seventeen when I started not wanting to go on holiday, like staying at home and stuff mm. like that. But then, yeah, like when I yeah eighteen, I started having people around and stuff like that. I remember getting fucking cronked and just like laying in the bath, just proper getting steaming while in the bath. And I, I to get out, I had to like put myself on the side and roll out onto the floor because <laughs> I couldn't stand up. Oh yeah, there's a wet naked Dan just like <coughs> rolling out. Mum and Dad were away for a weekend. A weekend. I still get reminded of this now at fucking thirty-one years of age. They went away for a weekend, and I had used up round from the co-op the the first night. And that was very controlled. Then I had my friends round the second night. And then things got fucking out of control. Like properly out of control. <laughs> Is that when you got your door Yeah, someone in? booted my door in. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> you were like, I remember you ringing into work and being like, no door. I can't come in today because there's no door. <laughs> <laughs> and then on my 18th, my mum allowed me, because I was the oldest out of everyone. So on my 18th, people normally went to nightclubs and stuff, but all my friends were still 17. So my mum allowed me to have a house party. She went to my nan's for the evening and took my my youngest brother... And all the, I said, take all the Xboxes and Playstations and stuff. Because I've been to parties where people's houses get fucking robbed. And uh, mm. we set up the thing. And my dad went to work on a late shift. It was like half ten. My dad come in and just sat amongst all of these teenagers in the house. And he just didn't <laughs> say nothing in it. Because he knew when mum come home, she'd go fucking mental. And because we were absolutely... there was My house was like a nightclub. There was probably about 100 people in the house. <laughs> <laughs> your neighbours, man. How your parents still live in that oh, house? Man. It was it, it was the beginning of the Facebook days, and it happened where I put it up on Facebook and MSN, and every cunt in Luton turned up. Basically, the whole of Stopsley turned up to the to the party. There was like groups of lads, and there were we were like negotiating them coming in, and they had to pay us money to come into the house and stuff like that. <laughs> It was like it was crazy. It was a good party, but I remember the the laminate flooring was like covered in mud because obviously I'm, my birthday's in October, so it, everyone was going in and out of the garden, just tracking mud in and out the house. My my Jesus. mum walked in, just goes, "Everyone out!" And you've never seen so many people fucking <laughs> run. And then I went and stayed at my mate Jamie's house because uh, there was no way I was allowed back home that night. That's brilliant. Right, so that's enough of us gabbing. If you're still here, 
your must be hardcore fans because that was a load of shit. <laughs> How we get away with talking some of this crap? <laughs> That's why they're here, Dan. That's why they're listening. Yeah. So it doesn't get any better from here, by the way. <laughs> so this first email, um, she says, I'm off work for six weeks in a couple of weeks. Time due to maintenance so i'm looking for new shows i know you both have expressed the same guilty pleasure as me trash reality so i need some bingy shows to any suggestions so we've already sent her mine and jamie's top five but because we've already been rambling on about tv shows what we do is i'll i'll read back your top five Mm -hmm. and you just say why you love the show okay and we'll just we'll just read it out so, um, so your first show that you put on is Married at First Sight Australia. Yes, pure drama. You want to watch that? Pure drama. <laughs> I went into the kitchen. Sabina was watching it while she was doing the cooking. It actually gets me and Charlotte shouting at the TV. <laughs> They're the best shows when you get proper like violent towards yeah. it. I'm like, would you fucking leave him? Just leave him. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um. And you had, you had X on the Beach. Yeah. Dan, you know about my love for X on the Beach. X on the Beach is aggressive. Anything aggressive I like. There's a, yeah, Love is Blind. Yeah, that's very similar. It's the same thing. Uh, Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah, that's a drama rather than a, a reality show, but it's really good. It's got Jeremy Rayner in it. And what's he been in? Hawkeye. He's Hawkeye. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a, and your like last a one corrupt. is below deck. They call him the mayor because he's like he runs the town, and it's the town of like four prisons, with four prisons in it. All right. So he's like a, it's kind of like a Ray Donovan fixer for between the police and the prisons. It's really good. There's two seasons of it. I have to have a look. Um, yeah, and then your last one's below deck, which you've got me into. Yes, below deck. That's fucking mental. Blow Deck Actually, is... Actually, we were talking about it in the last episode, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Blow Deck is just amazing. <laughs> like, if you haven't watched it, it hooks you within two episodes and you and you can't be unhooked. I'm, I've am i now, like, 19 seasons in. I've gone on to all the side shows, yes, everything. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching um, Super Yacht. Like, the proper... The massive ones. It's got, like, the... Yeah. yeah. But, like, they had some proper wankers like some like boy like lads lads mm. come on and i just felt like i've i felt so bad for these people that try to work for this tip i was like ain't worth it just fucking tell them they're a bunch of wankers um yeah so i had i love a mama's boy which i spoke about as well mm. fucking brilliant um three seasons one again one of those shows where you're like screaming at them. i always just shout why don't you fuck him already <laughs> That's my favourite line to shout that Sabina always laughs at. Um, <coughs> Thousand Pound Sisters. I'm proper invested in this and there hasn't been a new season yet. But like, I started off watching it because I thought it'd be funny. And like, you proper get sunk in like their family is fucking dynamite. Mm. And um, and like, with, with like Tammy and stuff like that. It's the same thing. I'm like, would you give it a rest, Tammy? Because she's getting all like fucking funny, right? Um... And the sister I follow now on Instagram because she's had two kids. So that's a really good show. Um, 90 Day Fiance UK. 
fucking brilliant. There's only been one season so far, but I, I just I love it. <laughs> and um, I didn't put it on here, but the other one is the um, before the ninety days. So instead of the partner coming to like the US or whatever like that, they go to the foreign country to meet them. All right, it's so much better, so much fucking better. This one of the seasons, this guy goes to Brazil. And he has to get like, I don't know, it was like in the middle of nowhere. He had to get this ferry that took two days. Fuck me. For it to, yeah, yeah, for him to get there. And he had like fucking duffel bags and God knows what else trying to get to this place because they were full of like food and water for her. I always think mental. in them 90 Day Fiancés, because I've watched a few of them, um, the air of desperation in the person that wants yeah. the relationship to work is like, uncanny. And then they're clearly being absolutely scammed. Ninety <laughs> <laughs> yeah. percent of the time. <coughs> and there was one that made me laugh so hard. This bloke was talking to this woman for like ten years, mm. been sending her money like out of his paycheck every month for ten years. And he's like, and he's like, oh, she sends me all these nice videos and all this stuff. And the producer goes to him, has she ever sent you a video saying your name? And then he just he just looks at the camera and doesn't say anything. His eyes just go like blank. He realises he's been catfished <laughs> for ten years. <laughs> like, I was like, he's fucking sending that. That she's sending that video to like twenty different people. Um, yeah. And then I, I yeah, I put in a couple normal TV show. Um, so like Sweet Tooth, which they've just brought out a new season yeah. uh, for that me and Spina are watching. Um, and Happy Valley, which is a British show, which is like. Uh, like um, the bill, like it's a cop, a woman cop in like a small village, mm. which is pretty good. Um, so if, obviously that was a couple of weeks ago. So if you watched any of the shows, email back in and see if you liked any of them. I think uh, we've got some pretty good shows on there. A lot, a lot of hours as well. Yeah, there's a lot of seasons it. to them. So if you want binging, there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot there. Absolutely. Uh, right, so... Uh, I really enjoy all the content, guys. Keep it going. I enjoyed the years episode, but sorry, Dan, I agree with Jamie. The worst thing ever is pineapple pizza. The <laughs> moment Jamie ran off in 52 was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that wasn't even the pineapple. I thought you would be sick on the pineapple pi- one, but it wasn't. It was the um, ravioli. Ravioli. And I was actually sorting out that TikTok today. Ravioli and marshmallow and the reason it made me get sick is because the outside of it was molten lava and then it was cold mints on the inside of the ravioli absolutely diabolical <laughs> i can still remember myself laughing oh. i was like are you gonna be sick are you gonna be sick <laughs> i've got to go <laughs> i've never ran that quickly in my life fucking brilliant um and then he says i would like to see what you guys would do with this I live in a small town. Oh, no, sorry, she. Sorry, I didn't look at the name. She says, uh, I live in a small town and there are a few a few jobs around here and everyone kind of expects you to go into fishing or and anything like that. But I'm not interested. My family and people in town don't really believe in people going to college, so I'm looking to move away. But I'm not sure how to break to my folks that I want to go and experience life outside the area. Do tell, guys, as I know you both move from your hometowns 
That's a good question. We haven't had that yet. No. I, We've had a lot of like moving away, but not like my family want me to... Do a certain job. Sort of get him. Yeah. Fishing's quite a good one. I mean, it's hard work. If it, it I can imagine fishing, if it's like a small town, it's like probably like trawler fishing and stuff where they're going out mm-hmm. and they could be out for days at a time sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like the best option for me, if, if I was in the listener's position would be the parents aren't going to be happy whether you leave or not. Like if you say you want to leave, no matter how you bring it to them, they're not going to be happy. I think it's about yeah. if you if you choose to go, you do your utmost to make that a successful mission, if you know what I mean. Don't put too much pressure on yourself thinking that it's going to be, you have to be doing the right thing. And it, if it doesn't work, you can always come back. So don't put too much pressure on that. But don't go out there and then just go party hearty for like fucking two years in fucking New York and become a drug addict basically that's what i'm saying <laughs> fucking hell she's gone from a small fishing town so she's gone on to new york <laughs> doing lines of coke because all i was thinking in my head when i was saying that was do you know when the amish do that year where they go and do, go mental for a year and then they come back and put on a hat oh they get to experience yeah, yeah. The, the outside world mm-hmm. um but no like do your best to better yourself and I think that's probably the best thing you can do. As I said, I don't think they'll ever be happy. You could go out at it as nicely as you can and show them a plan of what you're going to do, but they will still be like in the mentality they want you to stay at home and do what they've been doing for generations, which you get in one way, but in another way, they should be open to you leaving. And I think they will be if you're doing well. Yeah, because it's it's your life at the end of the day. When they're not around, Mm. like you just expect him to carry on and then you're going to make your kids do it. I don't think that's fair. I think like, yeah, if you've gone out and experienced it and it's not for you or whatever, or, and you want to come back and then join in, I don't see why that's a problem. No, it wouldn't be. It should, well, it shouldn't be. I mean, no, but like, um, it's a scary thing. Like when I moved away, so when I was younger, we always used to go on holiday to Scotland and mum was used to go, Oh, you know, why don't we move up here? Why don't we move up here? And I used to go, oh, no, I've got my mates and things like that. I can't remember if I said this before. And then, have I said that before? I feel like I've said it before. Yeah, you said, like, Jim was in Canada, (laughs) or I got married and left. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And then I was sort of like, oh, you know, let's just go. And I think myself, like, I wish I'd done it earlier so I could have experienced, like, school up here and, like, college and maybe life would be a bit different but then obviously I wouldn't have met Jamie but you know things happen before they do but um you can't you'll regret it if you stay because your parents make you like even if you decided to stay and you get in and you're doing the fishing and stuff like it could be five ten years down the line and you'll be like why didn't I go and and try it yeah you that at least element's always going to be there in it yeah that's when the old midlife crisis comes and knock in mm. and uh but you've got your your arms deep in fish guts. <laughs> <laughs> and then you shave your head like Britney. <laughs> um, I haven't moved far, so my experience on it is very little. But I like what I did do is when I moved to another town, 
um, I've then realised that every person in my life, friends-wise and uh, family-wise, was in my old town. So I find myself going back there a lot, all the time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going on nights out, Uber has made my life a lot easier because I can now Uber from Luton back to where I am for a cheap enough price. Where before, when I lived on the other side of this town, it would have cost too much money. So where I'm living now yeah. is, is helping me. But um, yeah, you just got to make life decisions. And like you pick, you do pick up friends. Like, I haven't met any any friends other than through Charlotte in this town. But um, as you become an adult anyway, you become more and more willing to do that drive or do whatever. It depends how far you're going. She might just be going to a town nearby. That's more of a built up yeah, area. Yeah. Or she could be going the other like side commuting. of the country, like like you did. <clears throat> very, very far. Yeah, no, I think um, we say it the same when people say about going travelling. And like we had the gentleman in the last episode um, where he's like in Australia now. He's been over everywhere. Oh. I think myself, when you're younger, it's easier. Like I couldn't do anything like that now because I've got my mortgage, my car and all that arsehole adulty crap. Like I've got... Yeah, I've got no choice but to do it. But when you're younger, that's when you should be doing things. And if you try it and you come back, it's not a defeat. You've you know you've gone out and you've experienced it. It'd be worse to not do it, and then be stuck in whatever you've been dragged into. Yeah. If anything was to happen in my life and something happened between me and Charlotte and it didn't work out or whatever, I would go travelling for a little while and disappear and just find myself and and be myself for a little while. And then I would come back to reality. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be... Do you know when Thanos goes and lives on a fucking island by himself before he gets killed? That'd be me. Mate, I'd fucking love that. <laughs> I would fucking love that. <laughs> be like, where's JV? I'd be like, do you know the beginning of the new Rambo film that came out a few years ago and he's like a fisher trawler and he's like doing like boat trips in fucking Thailand? No, the new one, he was in Mexico, wasn't he? Nah, like the one that the, the one he was in that. Thailand, where he was like, it was called Rambo. Do you remember? It was just called Rambo. Oh, he had like no neck. Yeah. And he had long hair and a yeah, bandana. Yeah. That'd be me on a fucking random wicker boat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <God laughs> <imagine. laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully you, you go for it and, um, you know, maybe your parents are just, they don't want to see you go. You know what I mean? It's a way of, like, keeping the family together. But, like I said, once they're gone, you know what I mean? What, what are you left with? So, try and be nice about it. Don't be horrible. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your life. And uh, that's the main thing. That Yeah, a lot of parents get funny about, like, the, I think it's called, like, anti, like, a nesting syndrome or something, where all the kids have flown the nest and there's nothing left for them it's just that left just them two together and i think that happens oh to... they don't want to be stuck with their husband yeah i think that happens to a lot of partners <laughs> with kids around our age especially because like the youngest the third kid third kid or whatever is due to move out that's when you start to see whether they're going to cope by themselves yeah yeah oh yeah yeah but um no they've got to trust you to uh to know what's best for yourself and yeah. Just get it done. Get it done. 
Get it done. But let us know how it goes. Get it done. Uh, right, so... Funny guys, funny problems, funny solutions. That's a good slogan for our podcast, eh? Um, I really enjoy the, the guest episodes, so please keep them coming. We have a couple new guests that we're going to try and get on. Um, but we'll definitely have the old ones back. They all want to come back. And um, we're happy to have them. Um, so this listener says, My son is getting bullied at school over this... Uh, term break he has decided to let us know we're obviously concerned but we don't know what to do because he said for us not to approach the school but he is struggling and he doesn't know what to do he is he is far from the physical specimen did you guys ever deal with bullying if you did how did you deal with it and how do you think i should respond thanks guys i fucking hate bullies Yes, I think kids are cruel. I think it's harder for kids nowadays because they can still get you on social media. I remember being on MSN social and blocking media, people. Yeah. Can't really do that nowadays. They'll just make a new account. Yeah, I fucking hate it. I, I, bullies are so annoying because they always pick on the person that they know won't talk back, like the people like low self-esteem or like anxious or yeah. anything like that. Fucking wankers. I was bullied consistently through the whole of like high school i was juniors i was fine i was actually quite all right playing football and stuff like that yeah as soon as i got to fucking high school boom books thrown at me fucking all this sort of shit someone made a a, a cricket ball out of rubber bands yeah and smashed me in the side of the head with it and i couldn't hear for like two days fuck me jesus christ yeah so uh but that's because i'm a mouthy fucking dickhead no <laughs> so you reacted to them yeah i mean yeah of course it is yeah because they're idiots didn't they so i would just mouth off and they obviously can't say anything so they would fist but then i would do the thing where i look must must look fucking psychopath they would like hit me in that and i would laugh because it annoys them i just love being annoying <laughs> i think um with a lot of bullies i said this to you before dan i think that it's their insecurities. They're normally on the chubbier side, I would say, a lot of bullies. And if they're not, there's, they've got some kind of insecurity. Um, I think it reflects what they're, ha- they're like at home because they are a mirror of their parents. Yeah. So if their parents are like nasty to each other or even to like the kid, they then come to the school and they take it out on... Is access- acceptable. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I um... It's fucking mental. I was bullied for like, going into high school, I was bullied for like the first six months of high school and then I decided that I would react and then beat up what was classed as like the hardest guy in the year. Because you always had the the guy that's the hardest guy in the year, didn't you? He decided Mm -hmm. on my birthday. Do you remember birthday beats? Birthday, yeah, yeah. He decided instead of just punching me on the arm or something, he decided to wind me and punch me in the stomach. And he did it repeatedly. And then... I think he got he got to the third one, and then I went absolutely fucking mental, <laughs> fucking <coughs> battered him. Um, we actually became friends after, like uh, for well, associated friends, I would say, and uh, never really had any issues after that. But I 
like gained a bit of popularity out of that. And then I turned into, because obviously it was like the times of like being a rapper and grime was coming out and stuff like that. I turned into like a little asshole for a few years, but I don't think I ever did any bullying myself. I think I would say the odd remark to someone or something, but there was an odd instant where I was set. I remember being set upon someone they would be like, oh, so-and-so said this about you, and then they actually didn't say fuck all. And then after the fact, mm. when you look at back on it as an adult, you was like, you were just being wound up by random people. I think yeah, that was yeah. the closest I'd got to it. But um, as regards to advice, I don't think it's a good idea, as the listeners said, to go and approach the school, because I think the no. teachers aren't going to be able to do anything anyway. They've got no power anymore. No. What, what are they going to do? Pull the two individuals out of class, which then makes it obvious, and then they're going to say to him, stop bullying him, which then is going to double it. Teachers are, are just daycare. That's all it He'll is. be known as a grass. They can't do nothing. And he will never, yeah. he will never be... Uh, he will never live it down. I think the best thing... What no. was good for me is I started aligning myself with more popular people which is hard to do unless you've actually got that stature in the school. Um, other than that, what built my confidence up at, when I was uh, getting bullied at the beginning of high school, uh, my mum sent me to like a kickboxing class. And I did kickboxing for a couple of years. <clears throat> and that built my confidence up in my own like abilities to like be able to like hit back, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, not necessarily te- show, tell him in that way, but I, th- I think learning the discipline will give them a little bit of a a confidence boost. Because when I went into rugby and mm-hmm. stuff later in school life, that get, made me a lot more confident in myself. So I do think sports is a good way to go. I know he says he's not a physical specimen, but there will be something that he can do. I uh, I opened up when I got to college. I mean, I was still a mouthy prick, mm. but um, that was where all my confidence comes from. I uh, I wanted to say as well that like, um, well done on your parenting skills because not many kids would open up no. about things like that. You know, what I mean, so I think not going to the school and respecting what he's told you, yeah, you know I mean, building trust will keep him talking to you in that way. Yeah, I think if yeah, you know I mean, he's taken it's quite a hard thing to talk about. And if you then go to the school, that just, you know, rubs it in his face. You wouldn't get him back. Um, but I agree with, because, like, this is your, this one makes me laugh, right? It's like, as a parent, obviously we aren't parents, but my understanding of as, as a parent is it's your responsibility to teach them when you're not around. So you go into the school doesn't help him. Because how would you want him to deal with bullies when he gets old? Because he's going to get it. There's bullies everywhere. Mm. You get him in schools. You get him. In, you fucking go to this fucking supermarket, and you get someone trying to fucking start on you. you know what I mean, there's bullies everywhere. Look, when I had that so five how would you foot want him to deal with things? trying to start me, as though I wasn't yeah, going to react. Exactly. To him. Do you know what I mean? And this is where parents, I feel, go wrong is that they're quick to run and, and like sort it out for them. Mm. It doesn't. You don't learn anything then. All you learn then is that someone's going to do it for you. So, um, but no, I agree with like the class sort of thing because you build your confidence when you're, you know, you're interested in something. There's loads of classes that it doesn't have to be like a sports thing. If you're class in anything, you could join in as well. Even like music, yeah. learn an instrument, 
gives you confidence in something. Something that when he's had a bad day at school, he can like lose himself. He can come home and he can, you know, get lost in it. And you get because a gain, lot of kids obviously when you they gain kids. friendships out of things like that as well. Like I did, yeah, I did loads of stuff because I I was a t- I was like one of them kids that decided I wanted to try something and then I'd do like one session of it and then never fucking go back. I did like yeah, I, karate. Did I did like <laughs> I did like karate. judo karate. <laughs> Uh, I went and did Beavers. Uh, what's that thing called? Army cadets. I was at Army cadets for a little while. I did that for about oh, two or three yeah. months, and then as soon as it was ready for me to get my uniform, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And then yeah. all of them things, I made like little friendships in all of them groups. And then as I got older, you see them in nightclubs and stuff, and then you just ha- like your friendships expand. I I was overly the top with um, socialising anyway, and I think it just it does help. It just helps confidence wise because he'll be. It is the son, isn't it? It's the son. He said. Yeah. The son, your son would be, if he finds one little friend at one of these little groups, that will be that will mean more to him than anything. Yeah. That will build his confidence up because the guy likes the same things as him or whatever. I just think yeah, it's all about confidence. Yeah, it is absolutely. That's what bullies go for. But like, I agree as well. When I left high school, uh, loads of the bullies tried to be fucking friends with me. Oh. I remember um, I was working in this petrol station, and this guy, he was a right fucking prick, came in. What's his name? Lewis, I think his name was. And he saw that I was working here, and then every fucking day he would drive up, and I worked like late, so he would come in at like eleven o'clock when there's no one there to have a fucking chit chat with me and he was like oh man man we should go to this concert i've got a spare ticket and i'm like mate i ain't going fucking nowhere with you i'll talk to you but fuck off Mm. and then i said to you before as well there was a guy me and jim were walking in the underpass and he tried to mug us Mm. and i was like oh man how you doing and he was oh i can't believe it's you like it's just what kids do you know what i mean it's hard when you're a kid you don't understand it it's difficult as well when you're as I found as I got older in high school, so when your kids are getting to around 16, 17 age, the ones that were being nasty to the to your boy at that younger age, they've then grown out of whatever bullshit they were going through at the time, and then they've decided they want to become yeah. normal human beings. And that's what happened with a lot of people in my school, that everyone, like, we were assholes when we were immature, and as you were maturing out of school... <clears throat> and going into college and stuff, you beca- you started to become a bit more of a person, and the same yeah. happens with the bullies. And that's when you get the likes. What happened with you? Where he's coming in and trying to, because he probably felt guilty about some of the shit he said to you in the past. So he's probably thinking, I'll build up a friendship with this guy now. Do you know what I mean? You fuck off. But yeah, no, it's um, it's hard. You just got to keep on. But like I said, having something to do at the end, like after school, having something to look forward to makes friends it builds confidence you know what i mean and then it's something they can use in the future yeah because there's bullies fucking everywhere my work is fucking full of them i hate every single one of them the managers supervisors you know what i mean everywhere you go you're gonna find someone so now's the time to teach him how to deal with it and then if you want him to punch him boxing's a good one to learn how to throw a punch yep <laughs> and how to take a punch as well but it's got to be it's got to be his decision, though, right? You can't just be like, look, this is where you're going. 
it's got to be up to him, otherwise he's not going to yeah. learn or enjoy it. Yeah. It's just another bully, isn't it? Um, but yeah, hopefully it improves for him because we don't approve of bullying. And, um, you know what I mean? They'll get their karma one day with a car going at 80 miles an hour on the sidewalk. Fuck me, Dan. He's <laughs> going on a killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Um, <coughs> right, so you're both hilarious. Oh, thanks very much. And uh, I love the show and all of your punchlines. Jamie has all the punchlines. He's a fucking dickhead. I don't. You've got um, some secret ones in there, Dan. I don't know what they are. Burping. <laughs> the the <laughs> listeners don't even know out. about the burping unless <laughs> we keep bringing it up. <laughs> well, I still think it's funny because it annoys Jamie. Um,. What I would love to see after episode 52's pain for Mr. Jamie is that Dan finally goes and gets the clean skin fade because I agree with Jamie when he mentions it uh, over episodes about this. I'd love to see Dan go through the experience. A clean fade is dangerous. Trust me, that's what the girlfriend is happy with. (laughs) I don't think I could pull it off. I don't think I could pull it off. You don't think you could pull off a skin fade? No, I've, I've my hair. I've never done anything with my hair ever, except let it grow out and then cut it, dye it. It's only the sides. Yeah, I know, but I always have it really short. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, someone, um, I'm getting a skin fade tomorrow. Make comment, yeah. Are oh, you mm-hmm. are? Let us know if you want. I'm not. I'm not going to do it on one. I'm sorry. I love the fans, but I'm not going to do it on one email. <laughs> So uh, leave a comment. If you send an email in, drop it at the bottom, little PS. Uh, we'll see how many people want me to do it, and, and I'll do it, and I'll get someone to film it. Um, I'm clipping that, and speaking that's becoming of girlfriend, a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You put a comment on the TikTok, it'll be all right. Um, speaking of girlfriend, we both work together and argue about work. Any suggestions, as I know you both have had relationships in work over the years? Well, mine... I've always been fucking terrible. Um, so, Jamie. <laughs> uh, working with your partner is difficult. Very difficult. Absolutely. fucking loop me. Um, I, if me and Shark, I've, I've said to Shark many a times, if we'd ended up staying in the same place, luckily it wasn't that long. It was probably only about three or four months that we were together that she stayed before she moved on and became a manager herself. Um, mm-hmm. I w- we would have ended. There's no way. I like, I'm not, a, I'm a different person in work. I've got different things and she's very positive and wants to talk and stuff about like in the mornings and things like that. I'm very, not that we're literally like chalk and cheese when it comes to work. Um, we've both got like the same work <laughs> ethic, but like the stuff that she would get excited about does not uh, bode well with me. And like, we also had other people that were in our friendship groups in the store at the same time. And it became like a, a shift problem. Like you get a shift divide anyway, when you're working. And I found that I was coming in on lates and just in a bad mood because I was having to deal with them on the end of their shift and stuff like that. And you shouldn't feel like that about your partner. And then, even when we were both managers in the same area, 
we would then argue about different people's situations and different because we knew all the same people. So mm. the best thing that ever happened to me and Charlotte was that we went separate ways, working together wise. And uh, I do recommend that if there, if you've got a choice, I think it will save your relationship. I think it's a hard thing. I to think keep it's balance. hard when like definitely like you can a lot of people be like oh, okay when we get to work work is work and then when you come out of work you know what i mean forget about it but then you find because both of you are working in the same place that's all you've got to talk about yeah that's all we, that's so all we did supposed talk, to talk about, about when yeah. You, yeah so you can't do that i hate when people say it. you can't separate both things because you're both going through mm-hmm. it and i think well you know as well dan <clears throat> working as a retail manager takes over your fucking life like you have no off yeah. days you have no like even if you're, even if you're off people calling you up and asking you what what to do or this or someone's calling sick or whatever um so me and shark would be constantly like negotiating phone calls and that. i remember being at barbecues on a saturday with charlotte at like say my mum's house and we if i wasn't off taking a phone call about something that's gone wrong while in my shop, Charlotte was off taking another phone call and we were constantly just not in the room. And I think yeah. uh, that like lack of division between work-life balance, uh, between like not working and working, just wasn't there. And I think that was slowly corrupting our relationship, chipping away at it, I think. So I just don't think you have time away from work if you're both working in the same place. But I moan about my work to Charlotte now, but it doesn't last long because you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and vice versa. That's the best way, son. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way. Um, yeah, it's. That's, I mean, there's not much more you can say about it than that. I mean, it takes a very special relationship to be able to work together, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it, no. especially because you don't know if you've been there a little bit longer. Or she has, and there's that little power dynamic that you may not like. Like it just, it's never a good idea. I don't, I don't recommend it. No, I remember even like small businesses. I'd be like, fuck no. Oh, do you want to start a business up together? No. I remember <sighs> being annoyed about because there was a man like our boss. There was an area manager that was more inclined towards women because he liked women. Um. Oh. You know who I'm talking about. And <clears throat> I would be like pissed off because Charlotte would be getting opportunities above me. And she's my partner. I should be happy for her to have them opportunities. Do you know what I mean? But I knew it was because mm-hmm. of the way he fought. I was just yeah. like... Oh, yeah, yeah. She'd be like, oh, he's invited me to dinner and stuff like this. I'd be like, you ain't going to that dinner. <laughs> no, because he want to fucking bang you. <laughs> fucking mental. Um trying to stay positive uh you could try and set like boundaries like if if you could say to each other like when we get into work you know i do this and you do that mm. um communication was always the best thing if, if she says something to you and you say look if you speak to me in a certain way and i'm gonna you know take to one side and say that i don't appreciate it don't ever have a little domestic in front of anyone else that's the worst thing you could do i mean but um, oh, it's a hard one. 
<laughs> it is a hard one. Some some couples can so... get through it. Some couples can get through it, and some couples are a lot more suited to it. But I'm too opinionated. Charlotte's too opinionated. And if you're anything like what we were, it's not worth it. No, because eventually it will ruin the relationship. Yeah, you just resent each other. I'm trying to think of a because obviously. It, all we're in Jamie sitting here is going find a new job and it's not as easy as that no. so I was trying to like think of ways to try and um, have like a safe word like banana hammock mm. <laughs> if the argument not don't actually use that if the yeah if the argument's getting too much or like one of you's frustrated you can have like a word that you'd say to like sort of indicate that it's gone too far or um, make it like an agreement with your other half that if you've been standing in the kitchen when you've got home and you've, you've talked about work for the whole hour, that you acknowledge that you've been talking about work for that whole hour and then just like mm-hmm. say, right, we need to cut that off, turn our phones off and just carry on with... That's what we ended up doing towards the end of uh, <clears throat> when we were at co-op is when I passed six o'clock or something, if I was on an early shift, I would turn my phone off so then no mm. one could contact me. So then me and Shark could actually have some like time together without being disturbed. I was gonna say another thing would be is to like make don't both you leave work and then go home and do nothing. Mm. Like that'd be the time to sort of like go for a meal or go out for a movie or try and do something that's nice that's just the both of you that you can sort of forget work and you can enjoy yourself. Because you don't want to go home and just brood over work and one of you goes to bed without having dinner because that's what I would do so um, just try something like that even like if you go out for lunch or something I don't know what you do for a job but if you have like an hour lunch go somewhere just to try and find things to do to relax with each other and you'll be able to separate it that way yeah I think that's quite a good one Um, let us know how it goes if we don't hear from you we assume that she's murdered you while you're at work and um, (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's now listening wearing his face <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to figure out where we're living this episode of two men no hope is sponsored by better help hey jamie why so glum oh bruv i just wish we could help the listeners even more well i can turn that frown upside down mate how are you gonna do that let me tell you about a company called better help the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. 100% online? So can our listeners get help anywhere? That's right. They can talk to a therapist however they feel comfortable. Wherever it's via text, chat, phone, or video call, they can message their therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient to them. So will they get the right therapist for them? BetterHelp has a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help them with a wide range of issues. Plus, if their therapist isn't the best fit for any reason, they can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. Wow, that's really good. Well, what can we offer the listeners to get them started? Well, we have teamed up with them to offer them 10% off their first month. All they have to do is go to betterhelp.com forward slash two men no hope. That's betterhelp.com forward slash two men no hope. So all they have to do to get all of that and 10% off for the first month is go to betterhelp.com 
forward slash two men no hope. Exactly, my friend. Now, doesn't that make you feel better? Yes, bruv. That's so much more off my mind. So this listener says, the pod is genius, guys. You kept your first South African listener, that's for sure. South Africa. We're getting far, mate. Far. Um, I'm traveling Europe at the moment, and you popped up on my TikTok, and the rest is history. What I was... What I would like to know is what cuisine of food does it for you guys? After all the traveling, I've tried so many dishes. I'm not sure what I really like. I know you both are foodies, so I want to know what's your top three cuisines and why? And which countries do you think does the best food? I think they already know my answer. (laughs) Korean fried chicken. (laughs) I don't... I don't think you are a foodie. I think uh, Charlotte's made you one. I'm definitely, I'm a foodie now. When me and Charlotte first met, I literally ate chick- chicken burgers and chips. That's all I ate. Yeah. Uh, now I'm such a food snob that it's unreal. If I'm in a place and like the burger isn't cooked the way I want it, or if the, I get a starter like calamari and it's like, like uh, stodgy rather than like uh, flaky the way it should be. I'm like, this is some cheap mm. frozen shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been to, I've been lucky in life. I've been gone, I've gone to some real nice restaurants and stuff. And I think at the minute I'm going for a real. I think you are as well, Dan. I think I'm going for a real like Japanese, like Asian phase where I'm I'm not trying anything from any of these places that I don't like. And that is very mm-hmm. difficult for me to say. But I've gone out of my comfort zone and eaten quite Japanese. a lot of stuff, and I've liked everything. I love to. I'm. I haven't never ever eaten sushi, and then I had a bit of it in Canada, and then Sabina's got me right into it, and I'm fucking loving it now. Yeah. Although I got to be careful because they like to stick cream cheese and things in it. Um, Top three, top three. Um, so my top would be obviously anywhere Asian. I will stick with Japan. Japanese food is fucking banging. Um, and then I would probably go with Mexican food. I fucking love Mexican food, even though it's covered in cheese. It's pretty, still pretty good. Um, and then I don't know for my third one because everything. I don't Italian. I don't like Italian food because it's just covered in cream. I'm not a big pasta person anyway. I could like quite happily take that. Um, I like Scottish food, deep fried, like yeah, deep fried, like just oh haggis, black pudding. Give me it all lawn sausage. I'm a fucking. I'm a massive like fry up person. That's not even an area. That's just <laughs> breakfast goods. I love a fucking fry. Up. Oh, I'd eat a fry up every meal for every day for the rest of my life if I could, mm. without dying. Fucking love it. Without dying. <laughs> I nearly felt there's it. been a few meals you've had me on in Scotland where I've it slowed me down. Like I've had like some yeah. real slow heart. Like I like when we walk around in Edinburgh that time, I was in panic mode, thinking I've lost my ability to walk. I can't walk around anywhere anymore. What's happened? <laughs> it's because I've eaten like a whole fucking box of like uh, fried stuff, and it's completely slowed me down. So Fuck me up. I always used to say that my last meal would be enchiladas. Mm. That was before my 
dairy intolerance. Fucking love enchiladas. Made enchiladas since. That's true, yeah, because if they're going to fucking electrocute me, I'll just shit everywhere. Yeah, I'm just going to have that, you cunts. <laughs> yeah, liquid diaper. Well, they put a diaper on you, but I would overflow that <laughs> Be like a baby you and shit mean? up your back. <laughs> 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 oh, can you imagine the mess? Oh, man. Imagine making the joke well, about executions, it. but that's what, we're, that's what we're here for. Fucking leave a mark, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if they have to like change the chair Skid after mark. you've left that's what you need to do that's your aim yeah. <laughs> throw it away go on then what's your top three i would say probably at the moment as i said like i've i've been to lucky cat we we went to chinatown um lucky cat's like a really japanese fusion place in uh london gordon ramsay owns it um, Bloody hell. I think Japanese is definitely up there. I, I like ceviche. I like um, goyuzus. I like everything Japanese. I've not I've not been upset by anything that I've been given. I would say Thai could be in my top three as well. I do like a Thai. A good Thai uh, restaurant is a uh, is hard to come by, but when you find one, you stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I would almost, I don't know what you'd class it as, like with a steak, a steak and like, would that be like an yeah, American? I was thinking about steak. Almost. It's hard because I think American, Canada, and English food. English food is very boring. I can't, but stand it's all English the same food, sort of things, yeah. right? And it's like burgers and like sausage and like. I hate stuff like my that. worst thing on this earth is like if someone tells me my. I've got mates to do do it. My dad does it. We'll go to a pub. They'll order the mixed grill. It will come out, and it's like a bit of gammon, a bit of fucking, fucking overly cooked steak. Grill. It's just fucking. I'm just like, why are you eating that? <laughs> There's something much more. Oh, saying about hating English food, I do love a fucking toad in the hole, though. No, I'm not even keen on that. I upset everyone at work fucking saying that I think in toad in the hole should have been uh, abolished with the British Empire. No, Toad in the Hole is fucking banging. Sabina made one the other day and it was fucking beautiful. I love it as well when the Yorkshire pudding doesn't cook properly and it's all like stodgy in that. See, that's the only time oh. I like a Yorkshire pudding when it's actually soft. When it's hard, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is this? Nah. Just like a brittle piece of shit on the it's plate. Like fucking crisps or something. Nah, fuck that. Um, yeah, I would say third. Third would be like steakhouse. Steak. I don't know what to class that as. Like American, Americanized steakhouse. Mm, I suppose yeah, American steakhouse. Because yeah. um, I do like a good steak restaurant. But I would probably yeah. We probably have Miller and Carter over them. here. Yeah, I would too. Fucking beautiful. Mm. Um, that would be one place that I would love to visit. I wouldn't even have to look at the menu. I just like bring it out. It's just fucking yeah, ramens and fucking hot pot restaurants and mm. cooking your own meat and oh man, yeah, I'm in fucking heaven. Vending machines full of cakes, like I can't eat, but I'll try anyway. <laughs> That's a long way to fucking shit yourself, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, more ramblings. Mm. I don't even know if people like it. Well, obviously they do because they ask all the time. Um, 
Yeah. Give me a good fucking... In Canada, apparently, you can get deep-fried sushi roll. That's what I'm getting next time I'm going anyway. I bet you will. Yeah, Charlotte yeah. always says to me when we talk about food, when me and you are meeting up and we talk about food, Charlotte's like, I don't want to eat deep-fried stuff all the weekend. I said, we're not going to eat deep-fried stuff all the weekend, Charlotte. <laughs> she was like, that's what you used to do together. We didn't even once when we were in Birmingham. No, it's only in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. And it's normally because I do like that food, but... I know from the the first. I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but the first time I tried a deep fried haggis, it shut me down for the night. And we were supposed to go pub, and I was like, "I'm not going nowhere in it." And like, yeah, we had a little sleep. Yeah, and I said uh, to Charlotte, "When she's with me, I just won't do that because obviously she wants to go out and do things and fucking." Yeah. Me and you are quite happy to sit there, and we, we were watching Jersey Shore for a whole weekend. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we didn't do nothing. <laughs> we love Jersey Shore. Um, yeah, the deep fried pizza is pretty fucking good as well. Um, oh, I do love if you get a deep fried pineapple pizza, right. I'll kill you. Oh, no, they only do pepperoni or cheese. Because they're normal. Must probably be something to... You wouldn't throw um, pineapple into a deep fry anyway. It would fucking explode. Um, right, so this, lead, uh, li- 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 this listener has emailed in is the one responsible for the JCB episodes that Jamie now does. Oh. Yeah, this was her request to do conspiracy theories. That's what we're doing. Um, I'm looking forward to some stories on the next episode after being in Birmingham. Yeah, that was a big washout. Um, love the conspiracy stories. Keep them coming. Thank you for taking the feedback. More than happy to. Um, I have a question for you. I have a new hot neighbour moving on the ground floor of my building and short of being a weirdo, I've been trying to get his attention as I come in and out. Sometimes when I see him parking up, I come down and check my post box just so I'm in the lobby when he gets in and he hasn't said more than hello. Am I overstepping, do you think? Or do you think I should approach it differently? I think you should just fucking go for it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah you should just go for it i think people um think that guys are like got something going on in their head but really we're not thinking of fucking anything so when you come in and say hello to him he's just saying hello back yeah Um, if he's anything like me he'd probably be thinking oh she's hot or whatever and like just think nothing more of it and then yeah it's when you have a bit more of a conversation that he will start to clock on that you may, might actually show some interest. Yeah. I think, yeah, because I think they, I, I don't want to say, like, women seem to worry a lot more about like what men think. Yeah, because Whereas, I like, think women are I, thinkers and we are just monkeys, really. Yeah, we are, yeah. Bit. Like, I used to hate trying to figure out whether someone was interested in me or not when I would just wish they would just come up to me and say mm. it. No, just so I didn't have to fucking. I hate that whole. Like, if you come home and your missus is angry, and I'm like, I'm not going to figure out why you're angry. I'm just going to fucking leave you to it. <laughs> Unless you want to tell me what I've done wrong. I mean, you're just going to have to sit there and be miserable because I'm not. I ain't got the capacity to figure it out. See, I, I am the opposite. <laughs> I cannot drop it. If Charlotte's give me the silent treatment, I'm. Creepy crawly, I call it the creepy crawly husband act in it, where 
I'm just hanging around. <laughs> but I keep poking her. I do annoying things like I poke her bum and stuff. I'm just like, you're right, you're right. What's going on? What's it, what, what have I done? And then eventually it'll come out. Oh, you haven't put the washing away or something like that. And it'll be, I finally get out of her. But if I'm annoyed. I just go dead silent, and then she could ask me to the end of the earth, and I would never say what's wrong with me. Yeah, no, I'm the same. But like I always say, like when I went to Canada, and say with like Jim and Carol, I said to Carol, I was like, <clears throat> "Do not um, get annoyed because I haven't done something, because I won't know that I haven't done it." I was like, "I won't be offended if you say to me, Dan, can you do something?" Mm. I'm like, "Please, just tell me, like I'm a child." Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the social cues just aren't there. I I haven't got any anyway because I just haven't. I haven't got any. Mm. So like the same with like like um, Sabina made a joke the other day and was like, "Will you throw away the the toilet roll roll tubes?" I just don't. I, it's not in. I don't think it just it just doesn't. That's it. It's there. It's gone. Whereas someone said to me, "Go up and do it now." I'll get up and I go do it now because they've asked me to do it, which is a really childish you know, way of doing it, but it's my brain. It's just, the way you, it's just the way your brain works, do you know what I mean? Because what mm-hmm. I do, <clears throat> this is slightly off subject, but what I do is um, with things like that is I'll ignore it. Like I'm surrounded at the minute by parcels that I need to return. Like if, if I was to turn the camera around, you'd be like, the room is fucked with the amount of parts because I, I tried to order a suit <laughs> and I've gone through about nine different combinations for this suit for this wedding at the weekend I've got all these sh- shirts and fucking trousers that I need to return and I said I was going to sort it out today and I'm sitting surrounded in it because I didn't sort anything out <laughs> but then tomorrow I'll be annoyed at myself and I'll be like right I'm going upstairs and I'm going to fucking sit there and sort it out because I'll be annoyed that I've done it so I have like an afterthought if you know what I mean as soon as I close that door, it doesn't exist until I see it again. Mm. My window in my bedroom has been open for three days because every time I get to work, I think to myself, I haven't closed that fucking window. Do you know who will be in the, the house, Dan? Right. The bin man. The bin man yeah. be in your house. He <laughs> <laughs> will be. be in your house quick as lightning. Um, but yeah, the point we're getting at is that you are, like, she said overthinking, and you are overthinking yes. it because he's 100%. not thinking anything. And, like, as long as obviously he's single, because we don't condone that, um, just say to him, stop him, say, hi, how are you doing? Oh, are you new to the building? You know, get conversation started, and that will then get his brain moving. Because if, if I've come out of the car and I'm coming into a building, someone says hello to me, I'll just go, hello, and then carry on going. Yeah, because you're thinking about you what you're f- bringing up the stairs and doing, etc., etc. Yeah, or what you've been doing. Or... Mm. So stop him. Just like a, a little intro, like I said, like, oh, you new to the bill? Oh, I haven't seen you about. Oh, I've seen you a couple of times. You know what I mean? Just to get the conversation going, and then that starts, and you can get indication from there. Yeah. I think um, um, now is the time to do it, because if you leave it like six months, they've been in that place a long time. It'll be weird that you're trying to have have the initial talk with him then, because he'll be like, "Why does she care all of a sudden?" Do you know what I mean that? Because yeah. he will think you're being neighbourly at first before you like show any interest. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I think now's the time to do it. You could easily introduce yourself and get away with it. So I think I've always been overly confident, though. I wouldn't hold back. I'd just go for it. It is, it is a scary thing. But then you know, you just gotta get on with it. Mm. The what's the worst thing you can say is be like, "Oh, sorry, I'm busy," or like, "Oh, no, I'm not interested," or "I've got someone," I mean, or something like that. Yeah. Well, the, if you if you leave it too late, like because you sent this email in a couple of weeks ago, the, the only other thing you do is like, um, if you're going out to meet it, mates, like invite him with you. Be like, oh, you know, you're new to the building and um, I'm going out for a few drinks. Did you want to come along? That's a good way to to get an introduction. Or like if you was to like organise something like with the local neighbours, say if there's a neighbour you know that you get on well with, invite people around or something. And then he could yeah, just be have like a little flat thing, yeah. There is a few different ways to do it, but don't wait for him to make the first move because unless he's anomaly, we ain't thinking shit. Actually, we probably are thinking that. If he's coming home from his work, he's like, I need a jobby. <laughs> You're getting your post. Mm. He's like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Got to squeeze one out. If you are just getting... Um, <clears throat> you could be Beyonce. You could be fucking J-Lo or something, yeah? But if, if when I used to walk into my building and you were just getting your post, I would glance at you and I'd be that busy thinking about what I'm going to have to have to get Rocco away from whatever I've got or whatever, like going into my bit, into my flat. I wouldn't even be thinking about you whatsoever. You'd be like a, a side thought. I know that sounds terrible, but you're just... Yeah. Mate, that's a small interaction, so... <clears throat> unless you're in the lift if you stand in the lift together then that's a little bit yeah, more that's, bit that's the normal thing. things in movies isn't it like they're standing there thinking oh what do I say in the lift yeah, yeah. Um, Harold and Kumar does all that stuff to yeah. me. goes out to meet <laughs> her in the lift um, but yeah it is nerve wracking and stuff like that and if he's good looking but guys need a little bit of a nudge mm. I can say that because I need a massive nudge, more like a baseball bat when it comes to me. But um, just, you know what I mean? It's, it sounds bad to say that the women's got to make the first move. But in this case, you do. <laughs> Without dropping something on his head. Sometimes when the guy um, makes the first move, it means they're a little bit of a, a fuckboy, a little bit of a player. So if anything, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. He's a bit full on if he's... Yeah, he's a bit full of himself, yeah. Jack the Lad. You know, he needs like a partially um, uh, <laughs> un- unconfident <laughs> guy. <laughs> There's plenty of them out there. Um, right. So, uh, I've taken on your advice, Jamie and Dan, and I've come to an arrangement with my mother to try and stand for a year and see how it goes before pursuing new ventures. So this um, listener was the the gentleman that was doing stand-up. It was bombing on stage. Oh, right, yeah. And, and we said to him, you know, if, if you really want to get... If you get on with it, but you want to keep your parents happy agree to like a timeline to try and get it sorted and that way you're still trying it you've given it your all for that certain amount of time and then you know i mean you've still got time to move on do something else so i'm glad that you and um 
your mum have come to an arrangement. So hopefully she's uh, a little bit more into what we said, you know, I mean, where if you want to do like a little video or like um, like a sound clip of some jokes and that, we're quite happy to play you on the uh, the podcast. You know what I mean? Wouldn't be a problem. Um, on a personal note, I have a friend of mine who is very down with himself and he is in a depression, it seems. He doesn't want to go out he doesn't want to see us friends unless we really nag him to. I think he is in a job he hates and his home life isn't great. So I do worry for him and his mental health. Do you guys have any suggestions on how to help him out? I'm a very happy-go-lucky person generally, so it really is difficult for me to relate to his issue. Thank you kindly. Um, depression's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, when you're stuck in a job you hate and your home life ain't great you really haven't got that outlook of like silver lining i hate what people used to say to me like you gotta look at the brighter side of things and it you just feel like you're in this fucking pit yeah you become you stuck in a rut out. almost yeah and that's why he doesn't want to hang out or anything like that because he thinks like what's the point mm. i do think um because like recently but do you know when i was off sick for that week and i was Spent almost a week by myself because Charlotte's mm -hmm. got like gym uh, classes and stuff like that. So she wasn't back to like nine o'clock at night some nights. That amount of lone time for me kills me. Like it, it sends me into a depression and I could see it in mm -hmm. myself. But even when I was editing our previous episode, <clears throat> not the one that... Uh, it's come out just before this one, but the one before that, when I was like, the cough was really getting on my nerves. Just before we went to uh, Birmingham, I was in a real, yeah. like, low place. And I think that was purely down to the lack of interaction with people. And if it, if this, if your friend is anything like me, um, then I think the. Don't be aggressive about it, but I think be persistent about it and just let them know that you're there and just keep yeah. saying, I'll oh, just come Definitely. out. And it doesn't have to be a big to do. I always get annoyed when people only want to meet up with you, like to do like a big night out or a big drinking occasion or something like that. Why can't you just meet up and have a meal or have a lunch or something? Do you know what I mean? Just that interaction alone mm. is enough for me. So. If he's anything yeah, like you don't me, don't want him to feel like he's on his own. Right? Yeah, it would take the loneliness away, and I, I, that sounds crazy for me to say, considering I'm living with a, I've got a wife, I've got loads of people around me that support me, like family, friends, and stuff like that. But I still, when I was off sick and I was like by myself, I was like in a fucking just like a terrible headspace. Do you know what I mean? And it's because I didn't... As soon as I've gone back to work, I'm I'm fine. Because I'm interacting yeah. with people. But it's it's just I, weird. He needs to... If his work life isn't right, he needs to get out of job. Yeah. People get stuck in that rut and they hate it and they hate it and they hate it. But it's not going to get better. It never does. No job I've ever stuck with gets better. It just gets worse. So you need to find... You need to convince him to like try and look for another job. Just to get that half of his life better. Even if he does another job and it's good for like a few months, at least he's better off that way. The home life is harder because if his job's shite, 
and he's not getting a lot of money, then maybe he's stuck with his parents or something. Yeah, or, yeah, you know I mean, or if he's stuck with his missus, he needs to have a word. But I agree with Jamie. Like, don't give up. I know it's a pain in the ass to like nag him and things like that. But he is sitting there and he doesn't want to go. But then he obviously doesn't. He also doesn't want you to stop messaging because that would just send him. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, he'd be like, "Oh, well, no one cares now." So it, it is a pain, and people with depression are hard, you know, hard work, not in a bad way. But it's because they they feel so low that they feel like worthless. Mm. So just like keep trying, but you need to get him out doing things. You need to show him, you know, that it's not all about sitting at home where you're not happy, and then going to work where you're not happy. You can, you know, go out, enjoy yourself, and have a good laugh. Yeah, and I think... And that gives him something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, if he has checked out at work, there's no checking back in. Like, when I... No. When I checked out of uh, the retail job, there was no bringing me back. Do you know what I mean? I know the moment it happened, and I know why I checked out, and that was the last point where I stopped giving a shit, and there was no bringing me back from that. And... uh no. I think for him, as you said, Dan, I think he needs to leave, find another job. Mm-hmm. Um, easier said than done, obviously. Um, it is, yeah. I would also recommend maybe going to his GP or his local practitioner and um, maybe speaking about going on to like a course of antidepressants for a little while or whatever the doctor recommends. They will know better than me what to recommend because um, there's people in my like circle that uh, were having a real bad time and then they went on to a course of antidepressants and it's brought improved their relationship with their partner and it's also improved their like day-to-day life but you can't stay on that mm-hmm. forever so therapy would be a good thing or something like that for him in the in the long term but to start off with yeah that's the first step yeah, yeah. work is a really annoying one because could easily once you have a bad work yeah once that's it because mm. as soon as you go to like i do it at the minute um i don't want to go to sleep because i know as soon as i wake up i gotta go to work but i can't stay up because if i'm tired i can't do my job mm. so i'm in that constant like fucking just stuck in the middle of just this horse shit but um yeah you need to have like a plan like i've got my mortgage hopefully it will be reset for another three years by july and i'm saying said to sabina i was like in july once my mortgage is locked in i'm gonna look for another job i've just got to put up for it and that gives me that i know that i'm not going to be there forever i've got a deadline of when i can start applying for different jobs and things like that and obviously like the podcast but um so there are things you can like talk to him and help it like I said, the main thing is to just don't give up on him. Don't leave him on his own to like fester. Yeah, would be the word I would use. There's there. a lot of times where I'm a I'm a bad friend, and me and you've done it to each other, Dan. Where before the podcast, we'd leave each other a, lo- a long, long time before speaking to each other. And mm. if someone's going through something and you haven't spoke to them in like a month or something, it will be very difficult for them to open up to you. So. I think just keeping that communication there, even if you're just sending them memes or TikToks and just keeping him 
in the loop, that'll be yeah. enough for him to like maybe one time open up to you or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't um, don't give up. But we never swear off people getting professional help. Like we can only give advice of what we've been through, and everyone's different. Everyone's degree of depression different. Mm. And um, I think all we do know, is just give professionals are there for a really, reason. Yeah, and we hope that even if the listeners don't email in, that they they benefit from some of the experiences that we have. Mm. But um, you know, what I mean, depression is a tough one. Everyone deals with it in different different ways, and some people you wouldn't even know are dealing with it, and they carry on going. Um. But the whole thing about it is feeling like you're alone. So that's what you got to do. You got to make sure they're not. I used to hate when people used to nag me to come out, and then when I was out, I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. It's just one of those fucking catch twenty twos, isn't it? It was even like when I was going through that when I was off on the when I was off and I was going through it by myself at home. When you were like, "Oh, we need to record like today or tomorrow," I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know." I I don't, I don't think I've got the energy to be able to go and sit there and like pick myself up to sound like I'm not a miserable bastard. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, I did that, didn't I? In one episode, I was like fucking moaning about everything. Mm. <laughs> but then it's by right, the end of the recording, you, you cheered up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So just yeah, goes definitely. to show. Friends go a long way. Definitely. Uh, right, so we finally come to our last email. So he says, hi, fellows. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you can relate to my issue, even though I wouldn't wish it on somebody. Uh, uh, he was living month to month, and he was thinking about um, doing an apprenticeship. But obviously, it would be like less money and things. Right. Do you think I should take the hit money-wise or try to move up the way where I am now? Yeah, another work problem. Work fucking sucks, man. Um, enjoy your weekend meet-up. Uh, I know they don't come too often. Yeah, it was really fucking good to uh, to hang out Definitely was, for man. a little while. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could help. I'm working with a person who is really not pulling their weight. They act stress. With very little workload, they are churning out, and it's leaving me and the rest of the team to pick up the slack. To top it off, they're off on the sick for at least five to six times this year already. Management don't seem to be acting on it, and we are sick and tired of it. What can I do short of quitting myself? Oh, Jamie, this sounds like a certain person you work with. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have I written this myself? <laughs> Um, what what I uh, can say because obviously it's still ongoing is not much but what I would suggest to you is to just try and detach yourself from that situation as much as you can because that's what I'm doing right now I'm literally going through the same thing as you there's nothing you can do about it just try and just don't even deal with it. That's what I've got to a point now where I'm just like ignoring that it's going on around me and just, uh, <laughs> it's always a healthy thing to do, Jamie, just pretend it push it exist. down, push it down deep inside. Damn. <laughs> push it down deep. 
<laughs> Until it festers and explodes at one moment at someone that doesn't expect it. Um, in, in the past, where I, like the position I am now is like I'm not in management. Where in the past, where I was in management, I, I felt like I had a bit more power over it. And there was a few occasions where I had people like that. I remember telling you about, I don't remember if it was the last episode where I was telling you about the fellow that he'd come from another company, he'd come in and he was panicking about doing a Thursday shift by himself and I just left him to it. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes letting these people become like, fuck it up for themselves is the best thing to do. And you just got to let let the carnage immense if you know what I mean just like let them yeah destroy themselves dig their own grave yeah yeah I agree absolutely um the only thing you could do your wise I would say is like make the complaints because they have to then log Hmm. it yeah I mean so if anything came up like externally or anything like that or a new boss or anything that they look in the file and they can see that that person's got a lot of like they're not doing this, they're not doing that, then that works in your favour. But yeah, short of just ignoring it, but I think leaving them to it, like don't pick up their slack. No, definitely not. I mean, that's not, not your responsibility. You're paid to do your part and you're not paid to do theirs. So, you know what I mean? If they end up staying there till fucking eight o'clock at night trying to get it finished, then that's their fucking fault. I, th- I also think, I think that I, a tool that I've used in the past... Um when we were back in retail was I would make a note of dates, situations, comments made. Like if I had a grievance with someone before it become official, I would make a note of everything that was going on around that time. And it sounds really peculiar and like, uh, backstabby to do that, but it's not like you're, writing that down so then you've got reference if it if it does come to a point where you happen to be in a <clears throat> investigation on this person then you've got references to go back to and i i did that with quite a few people in the past where i knew i would forget to bring that point up so i would like be like right okay so on this date this happened this date that happened they were late in this day they were late in that day rah, 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 rah. and um having that reference point also writing it down made me feel better because I was like expressing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that even that in itself does help. So I don't know. Yeah. I miss the days cause I'm, I'm a worker that people hate because I come in when I'm supposed to, I'm not late. I don't piss about. I stand where I'm told I'm like a proper, like my my grandma brought me up right, Jamie, is the one I'm gonna say. <laughs> so I can say this: I miss the days where you could just turn to someone and be like, "Get the fuck out," mm. because the unions and and stuff like that are great, and like all the the things that are there to protect you, but they also protect the shitty fucking workers that you can't get rid of, and that always used to do my nutting. You can't just go; they're fucking useless. Don't come back because then you're going to get sued like unfair dismissal and it's like no it's not unfair why would i keep this fucking person on but companies don't use the um uh what's that thing that i can't remember it's called probation people the companies don't use it 
Yeah. The co-op used to do Not it all the way the time. They used to probably, I used to keep people on temporary no. contracts until their probation was up. And then as soon as their probation was up, I'd put them on a permanent contract. Yeah. The co-op used to do my nutting because it'd be like, the person would be absolute shit. And you'd be like, why the fuck haven't you got rid of them? Oh, well, their their probation just ended. I'm like, well, you had the time to get the fuck get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too late now. Yeah. I'm like, you're fucking useless bastards. I um, <clears throat> I come into a store as a manager. It was always the worst thing when you come into a store and you pick up the last manager's problems and you don't know about them straight away. They, they you find out about them after a, like a few months. Because they, mm. when they're signing you over into that store, they tell you everything's fucking date like Daisy, and they're having a great time. And then, <laughs> <laughs> six months down the line, you realise why the fuck they left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I had a baker who, during the summer months, would go on long term sick. So you're allowed six months off long term sick back then. She'd go on long-term sick from the end of May until six months later, which is like, I don't know, fucking November. She'd come back in for mm-hmm. the winter. So she'd been paid full-time that entire six months. She had a bad back. That's what the problem was. Um, she'd come in from November to May, work, and then literally to the end of May, like it would always be like one or two days difference. For over 10 years, this woman was doing this. She would take the six months off again. Her back would go in May. Fucking hell. I would take all the summer months off. Then, the world of Facebook, she was getting tagged in photos at barbecues, enjoying her life for the whole fucking six months, getting paid full time. And I remember <clears throat> being in a meeting, asking me, because they wouldn't write their her hours out of my shop totally. So they would ask me why my productivity was so low. And I'd be like, because I've got someone on 39-hour contract that is, isn't in the store. I, I hadn't even met her for six months. Because when I joined, <laughs> she wasn't there. <laughs> I was doing welfare Jesus checks. Christ, just, just come in one day and she's standing yeah. there. <laughs> I'd never seen her face. Be like, um... I was doing welfare checks, but I'd never seen her face for six months unbelievable and eventually it took me about a year and a half to get rid of her and i had to prove 10 years worth of absences at the same time every year i think i remember you i remember messaged you and you were like oh i'm at work trying to go back 10 years trying to find (laughs) out this fucking woman's she was doing it i remember that from 2009 dan (laughs) that's man i thought you were gonna say that she was like going to another country for six months or something. Oh, and then it was unbelievable. Back. I just couldn't believe it. She was around the corner. She only lived like four doors down from the fucking shop. You see her just strolling down the road. Running. Like going for going on runs and she's got a bad back. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first interaction with her. Coming back in. And I, like, it's a six o'clock start. And there was just a random person standing outside with me. When I was opening the shutters. And I thought it was a customer. And I was like, you Okay. Is there anything I can help you with? And she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm so and so. I've been I work here. I've been, I've been working there for four months. Never seen her." I was like, "Oh, hello." And then you have to do like the return to work form and all that stuff with her. 
I just remember sitting there thinking, absolutely bewildered. She says, fuck all That's for a whole shift. Worst baker I've ever had. Even when she was working, she did nothing. Well, no, you're the best baker you've ever had, Jamie. Is. <laughs> Fishing for compliments. <sighs> he was a good baker. fucking banging in that game. I do remember that time um, you did the 150 mince pies and then uh, our boss went mental. Do you remember? <laughs> I was fucking empowering him out. People fucking loved them. They did. I was fucking... You ended up being yeah. the winner in that argument. Um, yeah, so there's not much you can do. Work, like I said, those shitty workers are protected and they're also covered by the people like you that are doing their work. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely frustrating. I get frustrated every fucking day. There's this one guy at work that just won't shut his fucking mouth every time I look up. And then we had one guy, there's this one guy that can't keep up. And he happens to be at the beginning of our fucking line, so he slows everyone else down. But the guy can't keep up. So what would you do? You would leave him to do his work or help him. No, this fucking dickhead goes over and decides he wants to have a chat with him. To stop him even more, you just hear me fucking screaming, doing my fucking nutting. He's going, calm down, Dan, calm down. <coughs> I'm like, you tell me to calm down one more fucking time, you laggy streak of piss, I swear to fuck. <laughs> it is the difference between work ethics as well. Like, There's a lot of people that I know that couldn't give a fuck. Could not give less of a fuck about their job. And then you've got people that get stressed yeah. about their jobs because they care too much. Yeah. And there's no in-between. Absolutely. There's no in-between. No, not at all. <clears throat> but... um. Hopefully, you'll get it sorted or, you know, you can just gang up and beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> no, that's bullying. Do not do that. Stay away from him. Do not do that. Um, <laughs> but um, there is a silver lining because when you go home, you have to see him. Um, but please keep on listening. Hopefully, you'll, um, people like that will always get found out for being a useless bastard. Yeah. So uh, if you can, stop helping him out and just let him dig his own grave. That would be the easiest thing to do. That's the best thing to do, I let think. Let him fuck it himself. Yeah. Stop covering for him. Right, so on that note, um, you've now discovered that Dan and Jamie both love ch- Japanese food. So if, if there's going to be any mm-hmm. listeners sending any food in or re- recommending anywhere for us to go, you know what type of places we want to go. Um <laughs> and uh i've tried to get off beer so if you want to buy me a cider instead i'll drink one of them yeah um jamie shouldn't drink beer but he still does yeah i regretted it i had a a bad day the other day where i went out for a baby shower and i drank beer because i was trying not to get drunk and um the next day my stomach was fucked it was almost like yeah. I've just just drank six laxatives and decided to ruin my whole day. <clears throat> Welcome to my world, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, that's how Dan lives day to day. But yeah, we've had a lot of work issues, but remember it's not in this episode, but remember it's not all about just work issues. Any issue you've got, you can send it in to us. We don't judge. We just give an outside opinion on whatever you... Uh, whatever you're going through and um we're not expecting you to follow our advice to the t either so don't feel any pressure that way either 
Um, if you want to do that, send it into two men no hope at gmail.com. If you've got any content ideas or anything else um, related to the show, or if you just want to say hello, just send it in. And we're more than happy to uh, interact with you. Yep. Damn sure. Damn sure. And uh, I'll see you Monday. Yeah, see for, you Monday. Uh, another JCB. But I have my mind boggled, Jamie. <laughs> 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 see you later, man. See ya.